0: Right. Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name's Nathan. You can follow me on all those social medias at NoClutchNate as well as my Instagram
1: page, Clutch Figures. And I'm Mark. You can follow me on all social media at
2: Mark Meadows. And I'm Lance. I'm from the Night Nerd. I'm host, producer, Slave Mule, everything over there. And you can find me anywhere on the internet Facebook, Instagram, and whatever Snapchat is at The Night Nerd. Alrighty.
0: And uh, today on Man of Steel Minute, we are talking about minute number 62. And uh, the minute's going to start out with uh, Martha Kent continuing her cry towards Clark um, about saying that she's worried that they'll take you away from me. And uh, the minute's going to end with a zoomed in shot of a UFO in uh, Earth's orbit. Or, I should say, lunar synchronous orbit.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. This, this is a very dramatic moment. It's, like, yeah. Music build up at the end. And you, know, you go from uh, yesterday, we were talking about how the Martha minute is kind of out of left field and gives you a breath, but then instantly you have all the, the tropes of seriousness in movies. You know, you have the big doors opening up you have the general with all the medals on him walking into the room and serious music playing and so it, it's a very kind of a snap back into the narrative i feel like after we got that sweet moment with martha it's like oh no stuff's about to happen yeah absolutely it's like a little uh, breath of
1: fresh air and then all of a sudden it's like it's back to um almost well it's not it doesn't feel like classic Zack Snyder, but it does. It definitely feels like classic, like blockbuster movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, it goes right back into it. Uh, what little uh, bit that we get rest from the last scene, um, I love the uh, the performance here is more about Cavill than it is uh, uh, Diane Lane. So we see um, he's like just reassuring her that no one's going to take you away, and like we see like these cute kind of non-verbals from him uh to to uh diane's character and there it's just a really nice ending part of that scene where it just feels just kind of like again it's a breath uh breath of fresh air it's just like it's just a nice cute little scene and then immediately it's just like all right we're going back into into the fire you know boom military um yeah (laughs) so um. Yeah, definitely loved what little bit of that scene was left for us in this minute. Um, but yeah, we're we're back in it, and we're back at what's uh, it's called Northcom. So it's North Command. Um, and we see a new character enter this film, uh, and he's a pretty important character not only in this one, but he, he's also in the next one. Um, and then that is General Calvin S- uh, Swanwick. Uh, full rank is Lieutenant General. What did I say? I say General? Said, yeah, General Calvin Swanwick. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lieutenant General Calvin so- Swanwick, head of uh, North Command. Um, in Dawn of Justice, he is promoted to uh, Secretary of Defense. Um, and in my opinion, uh, this universe is Martian Manhunter. And I'm sticking with that. Yeah,
0: there's, you know, you're not alone on the internet with there, but I'm still, I'm, I'm not on that boat with you guys. And I don't know if it's just because of what... The Martian Manhunter from the Supergirl TV show is that he is this military general or whatever he is. I didn't watch the show, whatever. Um, but I'm not. I'm you're not. You're not missing a whole lot. <laughs> so I've heard. Um, I'm not fully on board with him with the theory that he's Martian Manhunter. Um, there's a lot of things that could. There's a lot of things in my opinion that uh, John Jones would would do differently. D- yeah, differ from from what Calvin is that we see in both movies actually. Um and it's just like little things. It's things with his dialogue. But then again, John Jones is a shapeshifter and you never know he could be anybody and form to anybody that he wants to be. So, yeah. So I mean, you're not I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying all these people on the internet are wrong in this theory. But I'm wrong. I I it's just okay. have Okay,
1: with being wrong. Hey, eh? I'm just saying like no, dude, not when, at when all. it happens, you know, don't feel free to throw gonna, tomatoes I'll at my face. stare house. at you when it happens and I would just be like called it okay all right so So, I'm putting putting money and putting chips on red you can fight me about it but you don't have if especially if there's still one slot
0: left on the league you don't have Martian Manhunter as well as Cyborg um
1: here in this I'll I'll, I'll, um I think in this minute I'll, I'll give you some things that make me feel like it kind of furthers it um, but before I do that, let me talk about uh, this actor who plays Calvin Swanwick. Uh, he's played by Harry Lennox. Uh, he voices Black Manta in Throne of Atlantis, the animated uh, Justice yeah. League sequel. Yeah. Um, and then he also plays uh, Commander Locke in the Matrix universe. And then he also, uh, in the show The Blacklist, I don't watch it, but he's super prominent in that show, so I figured that he, he deserves some credits there. He plays Harold Cooper, so if anyone watches that show... Uh, they can find him there. Um, so yeah, we uh, he comes in, uh, and they call it Northcom. He kind of he's the head of Northcom. So I so when you think of like Justice League, the animated series, it kind of like he is like the Watchtower kind of guy. Like the, okay. like he's the one who like kind of manages it while yes. you know Superman and Batman, Wonder Woman fight crime on on actual Earth, and uh, there's a giant quote right underneath the screens where they're showing the ufo in this minute and their their quote or mantra is we have the watch um and it's in big letters so i'm like this kind of makes it feel like he's overseeing watch he's on monitor duty yeah exactly um we see the return of dr Emil hamilton in this minute um and i just get like a really big uh martian manhunter martian manhunter vibe from him so that it kind of to me it, it like furthers that or my theory about him being martian manhunter so again when it happens <laughs> i'll be there
2: <laughs> I, I i don't on that that manhunter theory like i see the correlations with the supergirl you know it's like oh maybe it's kind of the same character uh but to speak to as far as him having different mannerisms and things um uh, This is something I'll get into later in the week. You know, Zack Snyder uh, and crew at all have no problems changing what DC characters stand for or believe in. And I think... So, you know, I I could see it working out that way. But I'd love going with Manhunter's original origin, you know, where he's a scientist, is have a curveball kind of thrown in, but still be an homage to the original. And, like, Emil turned out to be Martian Manhunter. Because, like I said... When he first appeared on Earth, you know, the scientist that discovered him had a heart attack and died and he took over his spot. Um, and There's that really cool scene in Justice League Unlimited in the final episode or next to final yeah. episode where Wonder Woman's in China on the Great Wall. And all of a sudden there's this like this little tubby dude, old <laughs> dude, turns into Martian Manhunter. Yeah. So it's totally not somebody, you know, with a really commanding presence. Cause Manhunter has you know has that presence, so I think it'd be kind of neat to be like, oh, this this little dude who's not somebody you expect to be Martian Manhunter turn out to be Martian Manhunter. But who knows? You know, like you said, there's depending what theories you buy in, there's still one or two spots left on the league. So so yeah, you're saying Pete Ross is Martian Manhunter <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Actually, it, it, it's like it's Lex Luthor. That's why he's act, acting so mm, weird. Okay. Because, no, I don't. I, <laughs> I know. I don't. I don't know who Martian Manhunter is going to be, but I can see the argument made for and against. Mm-hmm. You know, him being Martian Manhunter. I just, which which is fun. You know, it makes for for good shows. It's like because in this minute, like, so Doctor Emil Hamilton, like he's
1: he's the whole alien, or you know, this whole first contact story. Like, it really gets at him. Like he's so like he's shocked. He's surprised. Like when like the ship. Leaves the ice thing, you know, like it breaks yeah. out of the ice and flies away. And then here's like, oh, we found a UFO. And he's like, uh, like, the, do we have a UFO here. But like, you know, Swanabe, so he's just like, all right, there's a, you know, it's a UFO. He's like, there's no, like, he doesn't even try to deny that this UFO is there or like try to figure out like what it is. Like, as soon as he's like, oh, what is it, a comet? And then he's like, well, comets don't make uh, course corrections. And he's just like, oh so ufo and just like are you not phased by this and like i think we'll see in i think maybe another minute yeah when they you know when general zod makes his presence known like we'll see another shot of swanwick who again is just not phased by this revelation so i just feel like this guy knows more than he's showing us. Like or, I'm I'm all for it, don't get me wrong. I
0: love Martian Manhunter. John Jones, he's a great he's a great guy. I thought and you didn't
1: like Martian Manhunter. I never said that. Oh, what did...
0: I'm a I am I like him. Um I had just like I yesterday, actually, I just finished up Justice League Unlimited and um and I don't know and I haven't watched it since I was younger. I mean, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, something like that. Whenever it was like I watched it when it was on, on air and I was still just kind of looking for you know Batman Superman stuff, but now, in my older age um I've got a liking to a lot more characters, and Martian Manhunter was one of them and um but even before that, when he just came out like I think it was last year they came out with the solo title that um I think it was still under new fifty two or at the very end of there, it was really good, and uh I, I took a liking to the character even more so then, but i do i'm a big fan of Calvin Swanwick. He's he's a he oh man, amazing actor in mm-hmm. both these movies. Um yeah. you know, this one especially. Uh we get a lot more of him. So I'm I'm all for with his whole demeanor transforming into what we know of John Jones. Uh so I'm not, I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm just saying there it seems like a really big speculation.
2: Yeah. I'm yeah. Well, he's a he's a strong enough character as yeah is, exactly. You know, I, I think it al- it'd all it almost be a shame to lose this strong character for, and I, I mean another strong character. But why not have two strong characters instead of changing one into another? One? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not saying I want
1: him to be Martian Manhunter. <laughs> I just think he is. But you're betting all on black. I said red. You said red. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I I agree. Like. Whether or not he becomes Martian Manhunter in the DC Cinematic Universe, uh, I do think he's a great actor, portraying a great character. And I think it, this character is actually really interesting. And when he does have uh, his moments in the film, they are pretty unique and interesting. And um, they're pretty useful. They have value. So I would not... I would... I'd be more disappointed if they try to bring in another superhero. Um Especially one on the same
0: scale that, you know, you can compare Superman and Manhunter together. Because, like, as
1: soon as you mention – or as soon as, like – so let's say he reveals himself as Martian Manhunter. Then we have to, like – there has to be, like, all these course corrections about the story. Like, people have to go back and, like, all right, well, why did he do this and this? And, like, people have to, like, re – we got to do this minute-by-minute thing all over again. We have to figure out, like, why he was the (laughs) way he is. And, like, you know, this whole time we have to go back. So – but just keeping him as an interesting human character is probably just for the better. And it, it won't muddle things, which is what would happen, unfortunately, if you revealed he was an alien superhero. So it would probably be for the best if he just stayed the way he is. Um, but I'm saying that it might it's probably going to happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and I, I think you, you made a really, really solid point there. Where if you have Superman, Martian Manhunter is a little redundant. Yeah. Uh, aside from the shape-shifting stuff, uh, if they if they go with the Injustice line, which I know Zack Snyder would like to, but I think he, he got shot down on that, then, you know, it'd be cool to see Martian Manhunter show up and then maybe die fighting Superman or something. But I, if Superman's on the team, you don't need, when you have literally hundreds of other characters to choose from, you know, I would love, now that... Uh, not to get too much into Justice League and stuff, but, you know, you have, like, Zatanna you could bring in, mm-hmm. bring in some magic. Um, it could, the same reason, you won't put Blue Beetle on the team because you have Batman. Or Cyborg. So, why would you put Martian Manhunter? Yeah. I, it's, yeah, I, I don't, and then Martian Manhunter, you know, like you said, is a tough character to pull off uh, on film, not just story-wise, but, well, his story and his backstory, but then just making him a believable character is... Mm-hmm. It's really hard, you know. You need a, a comic book format where you can spend month after month finding out little things and and doing things. I think the only time that Martian Manhunter was made accessible in a matter of minutes was in Darwin Cook's New Frontier. Yeah. Like the three pages that Martian Manhunter first shows up, you fall in love with him and realize he's a great character. But outside of that, he's definitely a character like like you admit it. You know, he has to grow on you. It's not somebody you can just bring to the table. And people are going to be like, oh, I mean, you will have those diehard fans, but most people aren't going to be like, oh, Martian Manhunter's in this, so now I'm definitely going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so hopefully, just to reiterate, yeah, hopefully it, it doesn't turn out to be Martian Manhunter. But I
0: do want to say one thing, and I might bring it up again later, towards the end of the film, is that when Swanwick, is, you know, way later on the movie, last few minutes that we have he's driving in the car and he has that conversation with Clark and he asks him how do we know you're not going to act in America's best interest and if this is if they do go about the Manhunter possibility um it kind of seems like that right there would already call to Justice League of America where they recruited Martian Manhunter sole purpose to combat Superman mm-hmm. you know he was the, the the only person that they could so one again it could make you know it, it already makes Superman irrelevant if you have another superpower being right there but then there is that call to him which uh I don't know we'll we'll bring it up well like see we're already, show. <laughs> we're already we're already
1: going to be seeing uh a, in my opinion a Superman equivalent because we already have Aquaman going to join the team which I feel like Aquaman can stand toe-to-toe with superman yeah. on some level um because well i he, guess wonder woman as well and okay yeah maybe batman um uh, but like aquaman is almost like the superman of the ocean yeah so like we, we already have that and then like thinking about like bringing on martian man hunter who's probably going to be you know cgi and you know costume effects so it's like uh and so we're already dealing with that with Cyborg where it's like almost 100% CGI character minus the face. So it's like now you got to have two of those on screen. Um, so it, it just kind of it adds more to the plate when you're already your plates already full, so maybe like it you'd have to ask yourself why include the character? You're just including the character just because or yeah are you going to have a Superman movie where he's just in space the whole time? Is there a bigger role? So like if we yeah. had a Superman film where he was just in space, like doing space stuff and meeting green lanterns and going to Mars and meeting Martians who are having a civil war there, like maybe that's when you introduce the character just because it's natural, but don't bring a character on if it's just a fan service. Cause that's, you know, of course uncalled for, I even mean, though we, it's yeah. being called for. That, yeah.
2: That's what Easter eggs are for you know exactly. just have a little something be like oh like the i i like i mentioned earlier uh, off mic I binge listened and I got to where you guys were talking about uh Supergirl you know how that's a perfectly good you know corazor is she's not there but she could be there but if we don't go over it or address it ever again it's okay and I think Martian Manhunter is a good character for something like that you know have Lois, you know a, a Daily Planet story. You just see a little passing of Detective John Jones, and you're like, "Oh, okay, so he could be here, but if not, it's no big deal." I think is a, a good way to address that character. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you.
1: um So huge tangent, but let's get back to the minute at hand <laughs> uh, because we'll, we'll have to we'll let that theory just cook on its own. um So we're we're here that, you know we're talking about. We mentioned that um Swano comes in he's like what is it, a comet or whatever? And Doctor Emil Hamilton's like, Well, you know, comets don't make course corrections. So this, you know, what what are we talking about now? Um, and they show the screen with like this you know, this unidentified flying object, um, within the orbit of the earth and you know, uh Emil Hamilton Emil Hamilton says that it's in a lunar synchronous orbit, which means that it's following the same orbit path as the moon, and it's just kind of orbiting around Earth. Um, Do you yeah. think that was a way for it to
0: hide the ship? Like, what if it was on the, like, dark side of the moon? So, like, we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to see it. Yeah. So, like, it's it's constantly just hiding behind, like, yeah. rock, pretty much. Is
1: that is that what that means, yeah. I guess? Because <laughs> any closer, it would have it would have to be battling, like earth's gravitational pull and whatnot and so this is a great way for it to survey the earth um and and taking us some time to actually find out about them yeah in my opinion so and uh so I think we ask uh what are they trying to do in in orbit And, and in my opinion this is just surveying the earth this whole time like they're trying to I mean it's you know Zod's a tactician so he's just like he wants to survey his enemy before he, you know, makes his his move. So, yeah, I get you. In my opinion of what's going on. No, here. No, you're right. You're right.
2: Um, well, th- back to the characters. I uh, I had some notes on this minute about how it. They're almost sassy to each other. You know, like he comes in. He's like, "Was it a comet?" And automatically, Mill's like, "Comets don't change course." You know, like, come on. You know this. You should know this. And then, just a few seconds later. Emil's like, you know, we're trying to figure it out and the the general looks at him and he's like, well, have you tried talking to it? Have you tried communicating with it? So it's almost that they not not necessarily quips back and forth like Marvel does, but it's kind of, you know, them uh, to me it almost seemed like friendly jabs of you have, you know, your scientific mind and then your military guy who are usually polar opposites and kind of trying to put each other in place, like, you know well, I'm smarter than you because I know comments don't make corrections. And he's like, well, do your job and try and talk. to <laughs> it." <laughs> Pretty and much. That, that's kind of, I, I thought was an interesting dynamic, you know, uh, just a little moment that added, in my mind, added a lot more to these two characters. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, they
1: probably have to deal with each other on a daily basis anyways. Um, not saying that they they don't like each other. I think, you know, I, I think Swanwick has a lot of respect for Hamilton Um and I think you know maybe it's just another. It well it could have been just another day in the life for them, but you know now there's this UFO and they're just like, uh, "So what we got here?" And it's like you know it just buddy talk at the office. Like, well you know, don't make yeah. course <laughs> corrections, and it's like it's, they're just. I feel like they haven't fully grasped the situation of like, yo, this is not a normal day. There's something in our orbit yeah. that is, you know. A UFO, so they're like, you know, they're still trying to, they haven't gotten fully serious about the situation, unfortunately. I got a question. Yeah, well, I guess. Oh, sorry. No, oh, no, sorry. You,
2: you go ahead, man. Please. <laughs> uh, well, no, I, I guess. Yeah, I see it. I guess not more like bigger. But when I say like one upsman, like kind of an odd couple, buddy cop, you know, like you guys said, like they're friends, but they're still kind of. like Riggs and Murdoch from Lethal Weapon, you know, where, yeah, I got your back, but nobody puts you down except me kind of thing where they, you know, they have the banner and they are friends and respect each other. But then that's what, I mean, you know, when I said it added to them is because it's like, okay, these guys have seen some stuff because they both, you know, even though they haven't grasped necessarily the full weight of the situation. I know if I was, well, I don't know cause I've never been in that situation, but I'd like to think <laughs> if, if I, you know, if me and my buddy were hanging out and something just life altering happened like that, it, it's almost, um, to me, it, it I think we would be in harks back to a scene in the original Ninja Turtles movie where, Leonardo and Raphael are fighting in April's living room. And Raph and Donnie, or sorry, uh, Mikey and Donnie are like, fight, fight, kitchen, kitchen. Uh, just because they're like, something's obviously going on here. Uh, we'll deal with it in a minute, but let's kind of chill out and figure out what's going on first and make sure it's, it's not too crazy. And that's kind of, you know, just the simple, the little, have you tried talking to it? It's like, well, yeah, that. It's what what I do, and so it, you know the the like I said the kind of buddy cop I guess is really the the synergy I kind of see there or like you know uh, Felix Unger and I always forget the other guy's name from the Odd Couple, but you know kind of like that where you know they kind of play off each other in a friendly frenemy almost type yeah, thing. Yeah, Legolas course. and Gimli. Sure. There you yes. go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's a great example. Batman,
1: Superman, does that not work? Uh, Captain America, Iron Man.
0: B- Batman, Superman works in particular situations. All right, I'm done
1: here.
2: As <laughs> you <laughs> um, say, I had a I had a big Facebook argument with somebody the other day that Superman is Batman's greatest enemy, and so yeah, but is it maybe to go to. Uh, my realm, you know, we do the marvel side of this. It's like a a Bucky and Falcon type yeah. thing where it's like, all right. We we have mutual friends, but and we're fighting for the same cause, but I'm, I I I want to be the cool kid in the group. So something can of yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. Of
0: course. Good good examples all around, guys. Okay. Um, cool. <laughs> my question lies with the dialogue bit where Swanwick does ask Hamilton if they tried communicating with it. Um, what, how do you, how, how, how do you try to communicate with a UFO? Do you send it radio waves? Yeah, I
1: do I think we've seen a lot of
0: movies fourth like this. Con, don't they just send like, a piano? yeah, don't they like, just send like beeps and boops? Yeah. But like, how, how, how? <laughs> you just do how it. How do you know that the they arm. like are receiving that? How do you know, Captain,
1: we're being hailed. Like, how do you know? Well, I think they try different things. I think they try, let's try a radio signal. Let's try, you know, satellite any way to, to transmit sound.
0: Let's try to share the Wi-Fi
1: password. Mm. Jettison a boombox playing uh, enter the Wu-Tang. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that way they know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't give the full quote, but that way they know the earth is nothing to mess with. Yeah, exactly. If uh, it's an not Wu-Tang. But uh, no, I'm glad you asked that because I had the exact. When he said, did you try communicating with it? I think about that scene from Close Encounter to the third. Yeah, time, you know, where they're playing the piano and it's the lights and stuff. Um, but then I also got to thinking, you know, as human society, as Earth has been beaming radio and TV signals into space for decades, and you know, yeah, like I said, how are you communicating? Is it clicks and noises? Is it audio based? Is it visual based? And you got to think. Who says they're, what if they're telepathic and they only do brainwaves? You know, do you think toward them? Do you think happy thoughts? Uh, how do you communicate with something that you don't know how they communicate?
0: Is it just a normal thing that we're just supposed to accept in uh, 2017 that, you know, if there's a UFO, yeah, we can communicate with it. Like, is that just, or at least try to communicate it? Is it like, am I wrong in, well, you're, in having this question? Are you just supposed to be like, yeah, duh, they're going to try to communicate with them? Like, I know that, but how? Like how do
1: we know?
2: Well, I think Yeah. You're thinking I think this uh I'm sorry, go ahead. No,
1: um, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, I feel like you're you're talking about like you're you're thinking like how are they supposed to respond to that, but it's like the point is not to respond. Or the or get I don't know. We're not trying to communicate like a rival where we're trying to like ask them questions right now. We're just trying to see if like if we send them you know, an R two D two soundbite, will they send us a, a soundbite back or something? Will they you know, like if like we send just a long tone of like a b flat note just humming will they also send something back to us it doesn't have to mean anything like it just need to get something from them i guess
2: right well and you know kind of what what we're all talking about here is and i don't even think it's a 2017 thing i think it's as far back as as sci-fi and movies go for for the most part there are exceptions but it's a very not even human but I, I'd almost say like American way of thinking where this is how I talk this is so you should understand whatever signals I'm sending you you if you don't communicate like this well then I guess we're not talking mm-hmm. uh, and cause that you know you see that on earth you know when people travel it's like oh you should you know, learn other languages or not in you know, depending on, on school of thought. But, and I think when it comes to communicating with extraterrestrials, you know, I, I think it should be like sp- spaghetti on the wall. You know, you just throw everything at it and see what sticks and it's, you know, yeah, you can't, I, I don't think you can communicate with them, uh, because the odds of them, You know, for just to go back to the example, the odds of them speaking English is astronomical. I mean, you've already broken the rules by finding life out there. You know, the that's astronomical right there. And then the hope that maybe they communicate. I mean, that's like finding a silver coin walking down the street in the middle of New York or in the middle of Vegas and then walking in and you know putting it on black and winning 50 million dollars yeah. like both of those happening mm-hmm. that's not going to happen so like how do we know that they have a, the same radio equipment or well,
1: like how they supposed to receive is what you are yeah, saying yeah exactly that's, what we, that's
0: probably the better question well, how do I mean, we know that they can <laughs> receive that
1: well there's another there's a new uh, like we don't know what they're doing so we don't know if they're doing communicating by like radio signal or something not like. just
0: in this movie but just in general well man. like i mean <laughs> i want to
1: use an example um, independence day not only do we receive like some s- sound from them, um, but there's a scene where they have like Apache helicopters with like giant light bulbs attached to it, and it yeah. like just starts flashing stuff that makes no sense. Um, but it's just there to see, you know, like hey, do they have will eyes? You, will you respond to these lights and whatnot? Which so. is what they did
0: in Third Kind as well. So, uh, the, the Fourth, fourth Kind? No. Close Encounters
2: of the Third Kind. Oh, why
0: did you say Close Encounters? You're confusing people. I don't... Man, whatever. (laughs) It's just just, just a title. It's a title.
2: (laughs) Well, and you gotta gotta also wonder, not just can they receive, but how do they receive? You know, maybe a B-flat is like a sign of war in their native tongue or whatever, you know. That's what I would be afraid of is, yeah, on this... In our world, this means, hey, what's up? But uh, it's just like when a r- first President Bush went to Australia and threw up the peace sign. Well, over there, it's like giving the middle finger. Yeah. So it's like in Independence, they, the flashing lights may have been a big middle finger to them. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And that's what I would be afraid of is not only are they receiving this, but how are they receiving it? Not in the scientific way, but in a communication, emotional way. You know, am I insulting their mother by playing the happy birthday song? I don't know.
1: Oh man, that would be really sad for that franchise, the Independence Day franchise. If they're like, if they do a third film and they're like, well, "Why is all this happening?" Is like, yo, you flashed some lights at us? We didn't take too kindly to that. So we're just, you know, it's been war ever since. So write it, Mark. You got this. I, It'd be a better yeah. movie.
2: I mean, I get mad when I'm. I get mad when I'm driving down the street and somebody flashes their lights at me, so I, I can relate, you know? I do, too, I man. Understand. Especially well, I when, know. like, they hit a bump and they're behind you. It's that like, why is thing.
0: that asshole flashing lights at me? <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing. I was like, yeah. well,
1: you know, you don't know if they're flashing their lights or they just hit a speed bump. Um, but, yeah, you never know. You know, even we we deal with miscommunication while we drive our cars, you know? Or yeah, play. I mean. We read a text wrong. You never know what happens after that.
2: Yeah, exactly
1: exactly In... so that's it
2: that's what I got it's we're, a uh, real, real big dramatic we're, ending we're talking this. about
1: language now so we're gonna get into a rival minute is what we're doing at this point this is what <laughs> this is what's going on now it's a good movie the power of language or communication yes um but s- since we're doing that uh, that's all I had for this minute
0: yeah is this is, does he at the end does he say the helm whoever's at the helm of that
1: it's is trying that... to make a pretty dramatic dramatic uh, entrance planning that's... a dramatic entrance yeah, yeah that's the that's that that's how it ends yeah it ends on that zoomed in close-up shot of the ufo uh which we know because we've seen the prologue that is the black zero i do i always
0: like that that dialogue that that line of dialogue that's Um, playing a dramatic entrance yeah like it seems it's 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 foreshadow it's it is foreshadowing but it's almost campy but like so realistic it's it's really like i can see that being a speech bubble in a comic
2: Yeah, it it does feel, I mean, like you said, almost heavy-handed, even. And now, going back and watching it, it almost makes me think of Deadpool, where he's like, he's going to do a superhero landing, he's going to do a superhero landing. Yeah. Because this guy wants to make a big entrance, he wants to do something cool. Uh, But the end of this minute, yeah, is very, like I mean, textbook, movie guide, 101, movie making for dummies, whatever, where... Build up tension by getting the music louder and having an ominous quote in scene, yep. mm-hmm. and it—I it, mean—but it, it still works, you know. It's it may be cliche, but it definitely communicates the yeah, it's Cliche, way. I, I like because it. It works.
0: I like it. Um, but, but yeah, that's all I have. Just wanted to tag that on there. Yeah, the fact that
1: this film could remind you of Deadpool—I think you're the only one person. <laughs> that's such a hard hard uh, thing to do. <laughs>
2: thing to do. <laughs> uh, it's. My my tangent of thought is about as wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey as you can get. So it's... Hey-o. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Making Doctor Who references it. Yeah, yeah, so, caught yeah, that. Yeah, there you, got, you go. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> that, that's actually more than I had for this minute. We Once we got into Manhunter and language, I just pushed my notes aside and we went on a whole different yeah, tangent. I'm about so, it.
1: That's the beauty of it. Um, but alrighty we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute if you love what you hear don't forget to leave us a great review on iTunes and we will happily read them out to you guys on the podcast Um, definitely go check out Night Nerd check out Assemble the Avengers check out all the great stuff that Lance is doing on his side of things and if you're also looking for some more good podcasts we have Stellar Dynamics which is the ultimate encyclopedic compendium for Rush fans every episode they go through one album by Rush and they go track by track And they go through all the music in it, and it's great stuff. Um, And then we also have Honey Hole My Beer, which is a podcast, a simple podcast where just two gals share craft beers, the oddest stories I've ever heard, and it's a bunch of laughs. You guys should definitely check those out. And then we'll check you guys out tomorrow on DC Cinematic Minute.